Amen. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. This is, this is our youth Sunday, and uh, we try to do things just a little bit briefer uh, and more engaging with our children and young people. Amen. On this Sunday. So in Daniel chapter 1, uh, and I won't read the entire chapter, but it's an interesting account that I believe that speaks to young people. When you look at some of these passages in Scripture and you find out that they're not people that are 40 and 50 and 60 years old, but they're teenagers uh, that God uses uh, in very unique ways. And as we read these scriptures, we hear the Lord speaking to us in our generation and in our day. So in Ch Daniel chapter 1, amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody got your Bibles? Amen. All right. Let's see. We will begin reading. I'll read verse 3. Our focus would be verse 8. Then the king instructed Asphanes, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Remember those names. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach, and Mishael, Meshach, and to Az excuse me, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God brought Daniel into favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuch. I'm going to stop right there. I'll tell the rest of it as I go through the message today. But this is what the Lord inspired me to share with you today. Christian children and youth, take charge. Write your own story. Children, Christian, and youth, take charge. Write your own story. Can you repeat that with me? Children, Christian, and youth, take charge. 
Write your own story. Say it, say it like this with me. I will, as a Christian child or young person, child or take charge and write my own story. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 All right. All right. Take charge. Write your own story. Amen. How many of you know what a story is? Who knows what a story is? What is a story? A story is an account of a person's life. Usually when, it is, when a person has lived for a period of time and looks back over their lives, or, or it is an account of something that has taken place. And uh, these are called what? Books, right? You can talk to me. This is your day. Feel free to talk back to me. These are called books. And usually in books you find stories, all right? And sometimes we call them storybooks, right? So I have some storybooks. This is about Paul. How many of you know the name Paul in the Bible? Paul was an apostle, right? And this is a story for children about the apostle Paul. Paul was a preacher of the gospel. And this is a little story written on children's level. Yes, you can come down. And it is about the apostle Paul. And this one is what we may call fiction. It's just a little storybook to entertain children. It is about, it looks like it is about animals, bears and cats and what have you, right? And this one is about a bug, amen? I am a bug. Anybody ever had anybody read this book to them? I am a bug. You're not a bug. You're a person, right? Okay. And this is about a king for Israel. Who do you think this is about? What's his name? Who? David, the most famous king. Amen. 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 And this one is about Jesus. There are a whole lot of stories. I should have brought a blank book. I thought about it this morning, but I didn't, I didn't have a blank book to bring because a blank book means that you can write your own story. Now, literally, I'm not talking about sitting down writing your story, but I'm talking about the way we live our lives and what happens every day of our lives, all right? And we talked about this last Sunday as we talked to the adults and uh, we talked about leveraging your story for the larger story. I, I couldn't get my iPad to, to sync my Dropbox, so uh, I have to use my phone today. And so bear with me because this is very little. So, all right, all right. But this is important. This, this whole issue of, of, of rewriting of writing your story is very important for us. Listen, so we're talking about your life story. We're talking about how you live your life, all right? Now, some people's lives start out good, you know, born in good homes, you know, and, and they have seem, seemingly they have some of the best of things, you know. Some people's stories start out bad. But the thing about it is, regardless of whether your story is good or bad, you need to begin thinking about how you want your story to turn out. You don't need to wait until you're 
40 years old and begin to look back and say, I want my life to be this way. You know, what the Lord was impressing on me, on me as I was preparing to speak to you today, that even as little children, as much as you can understand, and as definitely as older children, because you tend to understand a little bit better, right? You know a little bit more, you know, uh, and definitely teenagers and young adults, you need to begin to think about how you want your story to turn out. How do you want your life story to be, all right? Why do you need to think about it? Because if you don't think about how you want your life story to be, someone else will influence you to, 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 to be what they may think you ought to be. And not just someone else, but there is an opposing force that we know of as Satan, the enemy, the devil. He is definitely going to try to influence you to make your story what he wants it to be. And if he makes your story what he wants it to be, it's not going to be what God wants it to be. All of us want the best in life, don't we? How many people want the best in life? How many? How many? How many? How many? Sometimes, see, sometimes when you're children, you don't even know about the best in life. You know, you, know, you want this new toy at Christmas. You know, you see something on television that you want, or you see something somebody else has and you want, but you don't often think about the best in life, so that's why God gave you parents. That's part of the reason he gave you parents, so that your parents can begin to think about what they want to see in your life. But there is something that God has said in the Bible that says, train up a child in the way that he or she should go to what is spiritual being. So God, has, God has, has, has started something in you, amen, even from the time you were conceived in your mother's womb, uh, in a direction that he wants you to develop in and go in. So it's our job as parents to kind of pray and seek God's face and, and discern, you know, what God has placed in our children so we can help mold you and shape you in that direction. That's for the adults. But for you as children, young people, God wants you to begin to think about your life because if you don't think about your life and how you, and I'm not talking about just being a, a doctor or, or being an astronaut, you know, or, uh, or being a scientist, you know, you might be the one to discover the total cure for cancer, for every kind of cancer in the world. You might be the one, who knows? But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about how you live your life every day. Because every day you live, you're being influenced. Every day you live, you are being influenced. You're being influenced by what you see. You're being influenced by what you hear. You're being influenced by people you play with. And when you're a teenager, you don't think about playing with people, but people you engage in sports with and games with and what have you, you're being influenced by people that you encounter. You're being influenced by what you hear in school. You're being influenced not just by what's in the textbooks, but many times what your teacher says. And prayerfully, you're being influenced by your parents still, even as teenagers, because you know, as teenagers sometimes you think, oh, mom and dad are just old-fashioned. You know, they're just trying to run my life. Are you all awake? Y'all can interact with me too. All right. 
Am I correct? Sometimes you think your parents just, and then when it comes to the church, hopefully you're being influenced by your Sunday school teachers and by your pastors. Is that right? Hopefully, prayerfully, you're listening. Remember, you're always influenced by what you hear. All right? And we need to think about this every day. And from those influences, we make decisions. From those influences, we make decisions. So when you see this, this wonderful pair of sneakers advertised on television, and, and, and last Sunday, uh, Rajan showed me a pair of sneakers that cost 1200 and something dollars. I never heard of it. I never heard of such in all the days of my life. $1,200 something dollars. But you know what? Somebody will see those shoes and they will say, I want them. And they may not cost $1,000. They may cost $100. And you see them and then you start pressing your parents, I want, I want, I want, I want. You're being influenced. But sometimes you have to stop and, and think, is this really important? I was in the store the other day. I was looking for a suit. And I was helping Bishop Weir look for a suit. And they were showing me all of this stuff, you know. And, and I saw a suit that I really liked, but I had just bought a suit. And I told that cashier, I said, the longer I stay in the store, the more I will talk myself out of buying this thing. Because I start asking myself the question, do I need this? Is this necessary? You know what? You can only wear one pair of shoes at a time. You can only wear one pair of pants at a time. You can only wear one suit at a time. So by the time I go through five suits and I start back over on the first one that I wore, I'll mix it up. You all know whether it's new or not. Sometimes I wear a suit and, and some of the guys will say, oh, Bishop, that's a nice suit. This is not a new suit. This has been hanging up in my closet for a little while. You just haven't seen me in it. But the, and then the other side of it is, who am I trying to impress? So if I wear a pair of shoes that, that's, that's 20 years old, as long as they cover my feet and keep me from stepping on a nail or a piece of glass and cutting myself. Yeah, so, so God wants us to think. Somebody say think. Think. Why do you need to think? You need to think because every day you live, you're being influenced by something, by someone. You, how many of you watch cartoons? Thank you, because adults still watch cartoons. Y'all don't watch cartoons? I don't, are y'all here? Are, are you here? Do you watch cartoons? You don't watch cartoons. You watch cartoons sometimes. Do you watch cartoons? Yes. Do you watch cartoons? You don't. How many of you know, how many of you know who uh, VeggieTales? How many of you know VeggieTales? Oh, so you watch VeggieTales sometimes? You've never watched VeggieTales? Ooh, y'all have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Layla. Yeah. How many of you read comic books? How many of you watch television? Oh. 
So what do you watch on television? <laughs> What's your favorite show? Tell me, somebody. Okay, all right. Now see, children, if you all don't answer, these old people, they're going to start answering. Yeah. What's your favorite show? Johnny. John Wick. I don't know that one. Anyway, good. Thank you for answering. So we watch television. Guess what? There's something in John Wick that influences you. How many, how many of you listen to music? All the music you listen to is Christian music. Raise your hand. <laughs> you know what? Now, you know, the Lord is just wonderful. The Lord will present opportunities, you know. So, so, so I've seen two events lately that I've seen some people who won't dance before the Lord, but <laughs> it's something about this worldly music. When it starts playing, we start going with the beat. I'm not talking about you all, children. I'm talking about these old people in here. You know, there's, there's some old people in here that only dance. They're, they're writing their stories, you know, and they don't realize it because, you know, you know when, when folk got Facebook these days, everything is flashed on Facebook, and everybody knows, you know. And so when they come to the church and they see them stand up, they may clap their hands, they may, may rock a little bit, but they're not going to, they're not going to move around, you know, they're going to get their partner. It, it, it's, it's something, it's just something, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting to me, you know, and I'm glad that I can see it. Nobody told me about it. So things influence us. Say influence. It means it has an effect on me. It affects the way I think. And if it affects the way I think, it affects the way I act. It affects the way I behave. And in my living this out, I'm writing my story. God wants us to think about how we're living our lives. Now, there's something interesting in this book of Daniel. How many of you know what refugees are? Have you ever heard the term refugee? A refugee is someone who has to flee his country, because his or her country, because of trouble at home. There are a lot of refugees in the United States, all right? Sometimes people are called, they're in exile, which means they have been forced out. So what happened to the people of Judah was that, 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 that Nebuchadnezzar, uh, 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 king of Babylon, conquered Judah. And he took most of the people away from Judah and took them to Babylon. Okay? And this is what he wanted. He had all of these people there, but he wanted the smartest young men. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted Seth. And he wanted, tell me your name again. Jay. And he wanted Carter. Carter, come up here. And he wanted Gabe. Come on. Come on, stand up here. That's four, isn't it? Yeah. He wanted Daniel. 
who was the leader of the group. He wanted Hananiah. He wanted, I'm going to give you Azariah because your daddy's middle name is Azariah. <laughs> Azariah and Mishael. Okay, he wanted these four along with some of the other smartest. And so we're going to include some females in this, okay. All right, so Jasmine and, and come on, come on, come on. This Jasmine. Oh, we have two Jasmines. That's right. And Jasmine. And come on. And Layla. And Ari. That's Ariel. Okay, I can't, I can't remember all these names. Come on. You're in the number. And you too. Come on. And who else wants to be in the number? Come on. You're in the number. Yeah. The noble ones. The king's seed. Yeah, the smart. He wanted, he wanted these people to be selected out of all of the other people who were in exile. And from those, he chose these four. Okay, y'all can sit down. Y'all st you're still important now. You're still important. No, 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 you can't sit down. No, no, you got to stay here. You got to help me preach the sermon. Can you say amen? <laughs> and so he chose these four. Okay? Out of all of the rest of them, to teach them, all of them he wanted them to teach them the literature of the Chaldeans and the language. He wanted them to learn a different language. How many of you can speak two languages? Spanish? Spanish? What? Okay. Anything else? Most of us can't speak two languages. We're still trying to. You, my name is in French. Your real name is in French, so you speak a little bit of French, too. <laughs> ah, somebody say, huh? Jacques. Yes, Jacques is a French name. Jacques. 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 All right. Amen. All right. And so, so now with all of this group, this is what he was going to do. He was going to give you all the best food. I mean, I mean, not just, not just pepperoni pizza, but he was going to give all of you that's what I'm thinking, but I'm dealing with children. Ribeye steaks, filet mignon, uh, help me out, y'all. Chicken nuggets. No, I said the best. I said the best. Not, 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 not that deep fried stuff. You know, the king does not, except he's one king that he's McDonald's. Shrimp and, 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 and salmon and salmon and, 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 and asparagus and, you know, all of this good healthy stuff that, that, that most people don't like because they never grew up eating it. Cauliflower and broccoli and, you know, not with the cheese on it. You know, he, and he was going to give you the best drinks. Now, the Bible says wine, but we're not giving you all the best wine, okay? So we're going to give you the, the we're going to give you Kool-Aid made with organic sugar. <laughs> We're going to give you all the best. 
Because we want to groom you. Okay? And then, then what they did was they changed their name. So Daniel, they gave the name Belshazzar. What, what did I tell you your name was? Who can help? Michelle. Hananiah, Shadrach, Shadrach. Azariah, Abednego, I think I, I, got, I think I got it in the right order. And Mishael, Meshach, thank you. They changed, they changed. Listen now, you all listening? They changed their names. A couple of things happening here. You've been raised a certain way, but now you're in a strange place. And the enemy, somebody say enemy. What is an enemy? Somebody you hate or somebody who hates you? Somebody who hates you. The enemy changes their names. The enemy changes their culture, moves them out of their environment and wants to teach them a new culture. All right? Wants to teach them a new language. Now, it's nothing wrong with learning a new culture as long as you remember where you came from and maintain your identity. Somebody said, somebody say identity. What is identity? Who can tell me what identity is? What is identity? Something that defines you as to who you are. So, so your identity is not just your name. It deals with who you are. But, but we, we, we tend to identify, amen, with, with family, okay, uh, with, 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 with being a, with religious affiliation, uh, faith, okay, I am a Christian, and I'm proud to be a Christian. And if I go to a Muslim country or a Buddhist country, I will continue to be a Christian, all right? So, so they want to change the enemy. The enemy wants to change all of this. Isn't that right? Isn't that right, young man? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay. He wants to change all. You all getting tired of standing up here? You want to sit right here for a moment? Sit down and rest. Are you all good standing up? You good? Okay. The enemy, the enemy wants to move over this way a little bit. Stand halfway. Yeah. The enemy, come on. The enemy wants to change, oh, excuse me, wants to change. But someone speaks up. Now, notice all of these are young people. They're not 20 years old. How old are you? 15. That's about the age Daniel was when this was happening. 15. And his, compa- his, his companions were about the same age. Okay, you are not 15 yet, but, you know, you're young. That's what I want you to hear. That's what I want you to hear. The enemy wanted to change them. The enemy wanted to rewrite their stories. The enemy wants to rewrite. Oh, wants, yeah. He wants to change you and rewrite your story. He doesn't want your story to be about you love God. You're a worshiper. 
He doesn't want your story to be about you want to be the best person you can be and lead other people to know Jesus. He wants your story to be about, I fit in and I'm like everybody else. You know, if they're smoking weed, I'm smoking weed. If they're drinking liquor, I'm drinking liquor. And if they're partying hard, I'm partying hard. He doesn't want your story to be about, that's not what I do. That's not who I am. He wants to change your story and rewrite your story. But Daniel does something. And this is what I like about this passage of Scripture. And I'm almost finished. Daniel, who is Daniel? Who is the leader of the group? Daniel steps up. And Daniel does some things that speaks to us. Because I'm talking about how you will take charge and write your own story. If you don't write your story... Somebody else will write it, and it won't be the truth. And regardless of what your story has been up to this point, whether good or bad, and especially if it's been bad, because some people have not had good experiences in life, God can take all of that bad stuff and turn it around and make it good. He can use the bad things that have happened in your life and use it to bless somebody else. Jaden talked this morning about it's more blessed to give than to receive and how you get to see a smile on people's face when people give you things. If I gave you $100, would you smile? Would you smile? Would you smile? Would you smile? Is 100 good enough for you? You're the oldest. Maybe 1,000? <laughs> what about 10,000? But guess what? When you're able to give someone some good advice, when you're, able to, when you're able to tell someone that Jesus loves you, when you're able to just, just hug somebody. You know, sometimes people need a hug. Right? You know what? Jay, you make me feel so good on Sunday morning when you come running to me and jump up in my arms and hug me. Here I am, almost 65 years old. And I get happy when you and Layla come and hug me on Sunday morning. Yeah, that's right. The other week, Carter was out of town. And every Sunday morning, I hear this little knock, except this morning. I don't know, you get, you, 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 you get. I didn't hear your knock this morning on my door. But the other week, when you weren't here, and your mama came in the door first, and I didn't hear that little knock, I said, I know, but I didn't hear your knock on the door, and I was like, something's wrong, and I was almost sad that Carter didn't come knock on my door. <laughs> but when you, when you do things for people, even if it's giving them a hug and making them feel good or making them smile, it makes a difference. God wants to use us that way. But guess what? If the devil changes your story and begins to change who you are, you'll begin to think about yourself. 
you'll begin to be mean to people. You won't care about anybody. It'll be all about you and about nobody else. But Daniel did something. Daniel, the leader of the group, the Bible says, first of all, and this is how you rewrite your story, okay? First of all, what Daniel did was Daniel purposed in his heart. Is that what the Bible says? Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. Ooh, now that's, that, that's something. This man has all of this filet mignon and all of this salmon and all of this uh, 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 venison and, and, and all of this wonderful stuff. I mean, I mean, wonderful food. And then all of this great wine. You know, the king would have the best wine. You know, like Jesus um, uh, turned that water to wine at that wedding. That was a common drink in their day. It's not common in our day for everybody to drink wine. Okay, but it was a common drink. And the man said, you say the best to last. So, of course, the king will get the best. But Daniel said, if I follow this path, I will defile myself. So Daniel purposed. What, is, what does it mean that Daniel purposed in his heart? Daniel made a firm decision that he would not defile himself. You all are good helpers. Thank you. He made a firm decision. He resolved. It was resolute in his mind. And it's, I'm not going to do this. I am not going to do this. It was a critical decision Daniel made. Being a Christian young person, you have to make some critical decisions. You have to make some critical decisions because there are some things you will do that will mess up your mind and mess up your spirit. There are some things that you're influenced to do. It just doesn't fit right. Are you listening? Some things just doesn't fit right with being a Christian. And when you do that, Daniel says he was not going to defile himself. He's the leader, and these other three are following their leader. So it's not just Daniel, but it's Daniel, it's Hananiah, it's Azariah, and Mishael who, who separate themselves from the group. And that's the second thing the Lord said to me, that if we're going to write our own story, it's important that we understand we can't be like everybody else. You can't be. You can't follow the crowd. You, you, you have to make up your mind that, that, that like God, like, like David said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God took thought in making us. God just didn't throw something out there. God created us in his image and his likeness. Amen. So I can't be like everybody else. And sometimes that's kind of tough. It's tough. But when you make up your mind, it's okay not to be like everybody else. Can you imagine? Here you are. You're in college and everybody else is doing this. And they say, come on, come on, Seth. Oh, man, it won't, it won't hurt. Come on. We're just having a little fun. What'd you say? No, thank you. Oh. Uh, no, thank you. We still on? We still on? Who's in the sound booth? <laughs> Ooh, heads up. 
Daniel said, no, I know y'all getting tired. Set up. We need to. We, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can make it. You can make it. Yeah, you can make it. Your daddy tough. Your daddy, say, your daddy says, you can be bored for a little while. It won't kill you. You can stand here for a little while. <laughs> That's right. Give me a big laugh. Yeah. God has a divine plan for you. God has a divine plan for you. If you start fitting in to be like everybody else, you'll miss God's plan. God said to Nehemiah, before you were, to Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I ordained you a prophet for the nations. God knows you. Okay? God knows you. Jock. Jay. Well, your mama named you Jock. Jacquez. God knows you, Jacquez. Jack, anyway, God knows you. God knows you, Carter. God knows you, sir. Before you were ever born, God has a plan for you. If you start following everybody else that doesn't know anything about God and God's plan, guess what will happen to you? You will miss what God has for you. So you can't follow everybody else. When all of the other young people that they chose sat down at the king's table, I mean, okay, now I'll bring it down to your level. I mean, they were eating, they were eating the best pizza and they were eating the best chicken nuggets and they were eating the best french fries and they were eating the best fried chicken and they were eating the best mashed potatoes and they were eating the best what else? Hamburgers. This is a burger man right here. I mean, your burger was made with grass-fed beef, amen, from the finest cut of the cow. Did it need cheese on it? It needed cheese on it. So we got you some, yeah, some of the best cheese. And these four said, we're not going to do that. That took a lot. It took a lot to say, I'm going to miss out on all of this. Because I know who I am. And I'm not going to be like that. It took a whole lot. Most of us who didn't, pay, didn't have anybody to tell us that we need to be writing our own story, even from a young age, most of us didn't think through life, didn't think about life. So we just lived. And stuff started happening. And we started fitting in. So when our friends went to the party, we went to the party. When our friends smoked cigarettes, we smoked cigarettes. Now, I didn't smoke weed now. And I didn't smoke cigarettes but one time, and I was made to do it when I pledged and I dropped line. Because that was not me. That was not me. Didn't go to the nightclub. There was nothing in the club for me. I Maybe I was an old man at a young age. I tell you, after that man wastes beer on my shirt, that was it for me. Pouring beer on my new clothes. That was it. I didn't want to be like everybody else. Still don't want to be like everybody else. You know, when I was in seminary, I got to finish this sermon. When I was in seminary, my friends would be in the mirror, in the bathroom in the morning, and they would be preaching in the mirror. And they would be, and they would be, 
we practicing that style? You know, we grew up Baptist, you know, traditional Baptist, not saying anything about Baptists. We're on Facebook. But that's the traditional style. And I'm almost done. I got to finish this. I got to hurry up. And so, so, so they would be in the mirror, and, and they would be practicing. And I'm like, do I need to practice my, my hoop? Maybe that's why I can't hoop much today, you know. But you know what I begin to think about, you know, because when, when, when I was about your age, a little bit younger, I used to walk. You all heard me tell this, right? My grandmother owned 40 acres of land. I know just about every inch of that 40 acres of land. I would walk and I would think. That's why it's good to be by yourself sometimes so you can think. You can't be around noise all the time. You can't be watching television. All, that's noise. Somebody's influencing you. You can't listen to music all the time. Sometimes people are influencing you. I walk and I think. And I'd be thinking, did Jesus hoop? I can't see Jesus. I can't see Jesus hooping. I can't see it. Jock asked me the other day, he said, he said why are you hollering? I said, well, sometimes I get excited and I just holler. <laughs> oh, bless the name of Jesus, I'm almost done. Because, you know, I realize sometimes, sometimes we go to church and people don't raise their voice, you know. But, but some of that experience is still in us and we get excited. We do. Nothing wrong with hollering. Nobody stuck you with a needle, you know. Nobody pushed you out. You just, you get excited. And if I can go to the Panthers game and get excited when my team is winning, when I can go to the Steelers game and my team is winning, and I get excited and I'm jumping up, when I come to the house of the Lord, I can get excited. We are winners. My team is winning. I can get loud in the sanctuary. Okay, I got to let you all sit down, so let me get the last point. Okay, yeah, yeah. They took one more step. And this is what I want you to get, young people. If you're going to write your own story, okay, they took their destiny in their own hands. Standing there in front of this man who was in charge of them, Daniel said, when he said, we don't want to eat the, the delicacies of the king. We don't want the best wines. Give us, food, give us bread and water for 10 days. Test us out. How many of you want bread and water? Nobody. See? That's how the devil gets us. There are things that don't sound appealing. And the things that sound appealing many times is not from God. Not saying that God won't give us things that appeal to us. But this was an incident, this was a time that Daniel wanted to trust God and not be like everybody else. He said, because what would happen is if this man allowed them not to eat the king's delicacies and at the end of this time period they didn't look healthy and they didn't look strong and, and, and radiant in their faces, that man could have been killed. He was afraid. But Daniel wasn't afraid. Daniel said, test us for 10 days. 
give us bread and water. And guess what God did because Daniel took a step of faith. Now, most of the time, we don't think as children about a step of faith, but every time you sit in a chair without checking to see if it works, you're taking a step of faith. Daniel said, test us for 10 days to see if we don't look better. And God, somebody said God. You see, you don't ever do this alone. God is always there for you. If you believe him, if you follow him, God is always there for you. Daniel said, test us. And God gave him favor. And at the end of the 10 days, they looked brighter. They looked healthier. They looked stronger than all of the other young people who had been sitting down eating the king's delicacies. So Daniel said, I'm taking my story in my own hands. I will not allow the enemy, I will not allow the enemy to write my story. I'm going to take my destiny in my own hands, led by the Lord, and I'm going to write my own story. Young people and adults too, the devil wants to rewrite your story. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to let the devil rewrite your story? Are you going to take your destiny? You're going to take your life in your own hands and say, I'm going to follow God. My parents are Christian parents. They're raising me in the way of the Lord. That's what I want my story to be. Because in the end, who knows that the end will come? Whether we die or whether Jesus comes back. In the end, we will stand before God. And he's going to require of us. He's going to ask us about what have we done in this life. So start now thinking about how you want your story to be. You may want to be a football player, but what kind of football player? You know, you may want to be a nurse. What kind of nurse? You may want to be a doctor. Not just an orthopedic or or certain, but what kind of doctor? Do you want to be a doctor who follows Jesus? A doctor who gives his life to serve others, to make life better? How do you want your story to be? Do you want to be a football player and, 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 and get all of this money and then have all of these women and have all of these children around the United States? Maybe not that bad but your story is partying and drinking and drugs and, you know, what kind of story do you want to write? You know, when I say that, I think about, and I don't know how this man lives his personal life, but I think about people like a particular Panthers player who, who, who has a wing at Carolina's Medical Center, Atrium Health, Health, with the children, and he goes in and ministers to the children and ministers to their family. What kind of story do you want your life to be? Okay, you're you all about tired now. You can sit down, have a seat. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for being my props. What kind of story are you writing? What do you want the end of it to be? The Lord said that you're developing your story as you live. 
you're making some critical decisions, even as children, even as young people. Think about it. Think seriously about life. If you don't think, if you don't learn to develop your own story, it's going to be in the hands of somebody else. It'll be in the hands of Satan. You know? You know what I always tell people when I counsel them for marriage? Never think that it's just you and your spouse and God. Satan is always in the mix. As you live your life, it's not just you, your sister and your brother and your parents. Satan is always in the mix. We know the story. We know what the scripture says. The thief comes to... Mm. Do you think he overlooks you? He does not overlook you. Because he wants his story to be your story. He wants you to follow him. And when you follow him, you will negatively affect millions of people as you pass through this life. How do you negatively affect millions of people? See, you don't think about that. Say you become a songwriter and you become a famous singer and your music is heard around the world. You are affecting people. I could call some names now that you all know, and they've affected people negatively. But I won't do that. But you know what I'm talking about. You can become an actor on television. You can write the script. You don't have to be on the television show. But what you write will affect millions of people around the world. How do you want your story to be? Because it's not just what I read. It's not just maybe what my great-grandchildren read. It's what God reads. God knows your story. God is looking at your story every day you live. Amen. Let's stand.